We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Today's guest, Gary Zukov, says that every experience you have offers the opportunity to align your personality with your soul. The decisions that you make and the actions that you take are the means by which you evolve. Gary joins us today to talk about how we can transform everyday experiences into fulfillment, meaning, and joy. Gary has inspired millions to realize their soul's greatest potential. He's the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Seed of the Soul, and co-founder of the Seed of the Soul Institute with Linda Francis. Welcome, Gary. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Joan. What a wonderful introduction. (laughs) Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Gary, you're The Seed of the Soul. It was such a groundbreaking book, and it changed the lives of millions of people. From the time you wrote that book until now, what changes have you seen in the world and in people? Oh, everywhere, Joan, everywhere. That book is about an epic change, an unprecedented change in human consciousness from the limitations of the five senses into a new consciousness that is not confined to the five senses. And it is happening fast Mm -hmm. with startling velocity within a few generations. The old consciousness took 300,000 years to evolve, and this one is taking three generations, human generations, and everything is changing as the new consciousness emerges, and it's emerging in hundreds of millions of people, and we begin to sense that we're more than bodies and minds, that there's a part of us that is more, and that more is what we're calling the soul, a Western term, but it means that part of you that is immortal, that part of you that existed before you were born and that will exist after you die. And there's a new understanding of power that comes with this consciousness, and that is the alignment of your personality with your soul, with harmony, cooperation, sharing, and reverence for life. And the old understanding of power, which is manipulation and control, is now toxic. It used to be our evolutionary good medicine. Now it's poison. It produces only violence and destruction. And this is where we are now. We are midway through, or not even midway through, an unprecedented transformation. And everyone is in it. And everyone is looking at their lives uh, either the same 
and wanting them, everyone else to be the same and go back to the way they were, or understanding or feeling that there's something new and different and huge happening. You said that it's happening quickly. For me, it feels like the last maybe three to five years, things have really sped up. Are you seeing that as well? Oh, yes, and it's going to, and what it is, is the emergence of our new consciousness and a growing awareness of the disconnected, jolting difference between the new consciousness and the old. The new consciousness doesn't get jolted or disconnected, but the old consciousness is entirely different. When you're hurting, say, emotionally hurting, the old consciousness reaches out to the world. It, it looks outside itself to try to change the world so that it'll feel better about, him, about itself. If, if, if a business collapses, it creates a new business. If a child dies, it conceives another one. But the new consciousness, multi-sensory humans, when they're feeling emotional pain, they put their attention inside themselves to see the dynamics inside themselves that are creating this pain and what they can do about that. In other words, they're no longer trying to change the world. That's the pursuit of external power. They are changing themselves, and that change is permanent, and they can make it a very good change. And that's authentic power, creating authentic power. And where do you think this is going to take us, Gary? Love. Our evolutionary movement is now moving toward love. That's another way of saying authentic power. But I don't usually put it that way because it's a new age mantra, choose love. Yes, I agree with all my heart, but how do you do it when you hate someone? How do you do it when you feel like you want to kill yourself? How do you do it when you're sad, when you're resentful, when you're competitive, when you're jealous? How? How do you create authentic power? That's what our books are about. That's what we teach. And our new evolution requires it. This is our evolutionary path now, creating authentic power, not changing the world. You know, I, and I don't know if it's just because I'm more aware now, I'm, I'm paying attention, waking up, however you want to describe it, but it does feel like there is this battle going on between one subset of people that are emerging and awakening and another that are holding on to what you've described. What will happen with these, this battle, these two sets of people? I suggest we not look at it as a battle. We are not, we who have the new consciousness, that know we're more than bodies and minds, that know the world is meaningful, that know the universe. Somehow we know the universe is not dead, empty, inert, that we know the universe somehow is wise and alive and compassionate. This is not a battle. The new consciousness doesn't battle the outside world or other people. And having the new consciousness does not make anyone superior. It's just a temporary ebb and flow in evolution. Within a few generations, all humans will be multi-sensory. The question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? If you have a battle going on inside you, that's where to look at it, not outside you. If you're judging others, if you're wishing they weren't alive, if you're wishing you didn't have to struggle with them, this is in you. And it's for you to change you because no one else can. If you're trying to change someone else while they're trying to change you, that's a power struggle from the perception of five sensory humans. So what is it in you that sees this circumstance as a battle? You can also look at it as standing in the midst of two worlds, one that's emerging and one that's dying. And you have one foot in one world and one foot in the other. And you have to choose between these two consciousnesses. And these two consciousnesses are love and fear. And in every choice that comes up for you, no matter how small it may appear or how huge it may appear, it's the same choice. 
love, or fear? What are you going to choose? And what does that mean in terms of what you will say or not say, do or not do? What is your intention, love or fear? When you experience, when you participate in a cause, you experience the effects. And the cause is always an intention. And the intention is always love or fear. And you can choose love and create much more constructive, positive consequences for yourself. And no one, the universe is not going to reward you. You're not going to go to heaven because you do that. You're not going to be admired because you do that, not from the point of view of the universe. You're simply going to change what you've chosen to create. And if you decide not to change, you're not going to be punished. You're simply not going to change. Mm -hmm. And you'll have more experiences like the ones that you're creating. The choice is yours. No judgment. It's just what do you choose? That's always the choice. Gary, what led you to understand what you've been teaching? What happened in your life that brought you to this awareness? Oh, it, it was incremental, Joan. I, it, it, it first, my, my first conscious understanding that there's more than I ever thought there was came when I was writing a book on quantum physics called The Dancing Wuling Masters. And uh, that in itself is a story, but the story is that I came to be excited about this thing called quantum physics. I'd never liked science. I never wrote a book, and I wanted to write a book about this to give what I was learning to non-scientists like myself, to fine arts majors. I got a Bachelor of Arts, not a Bachelor of Science. And as I was doing that, with the help of quite a few physicists at the Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory, uh, 10 or 12 of them, I started to outline chapters in this book I got excited about writing. And then I started to write. But whenever I'd start to write, I threw the chapter, I, I threw the outline away because it was dull and boring to me. And I went where I was excited to write. And I did that. And after six months, all the chapters were fitting together. And I knew that I didn't do that. So I was pondering, how did this happen? Why did this happen? And that's when I, I, I realized, I experienced non-physical reality. What I experienced was that I'm not alone. It's impossible to be alone. And it didn't feel mystical or esoteric or New Age wasn't a part of me. And it felt real. It felt full. It felt rich. It felt there and everywhere. So that was the beginning of the beginning. But where is the beginning, really? When we begin, begin to see ourselves as more than minds and bodies, we begin to see that our history extends farther backwards than the date of our birth, and it even extends farther forward, although that's something that we cannot conceive, but we begin to experience. So that was my first experience, and I have had so many, and they continue to happen, John. They continue to happen. We're never finished. We're always evolving. You had mentioned before about having the choice between love or fear. And when you lose someone that you care about and you find yourself in deep grief, that is really um, a difficult decision to make because you're in so much pain. And then you were talking about being more than the mind and the body. How can that understanding that we are more than the physical body, how can that help us to choose love over the fear and the pain of the loss. Oh, oh, Joan, this is now we're at the heart of the matter. Uh, my 
beloved, my spiritual partner, my life partner, Linda Ann Francis. Uh, her soul went home to non-physical reality, August the 6th, the year before last. And the pain I felt was huge. And I know everything that I'm telling you. That didn't go away, but the pain was there. It was enormous, enormous. And we can talk about that story sometime, but the part that's relevant here is that for an entire year, almost immediately, Linda was with me. We spoke. She talked. At first I thought it was, I was delusional because I was in so much pain. But then I realized I'm not. I can't make up these things that Linda's telling me. So for a full year, I was talking to Linda and grieving. The loss of her is crazy, but it happened. My emotions simply... I discovered a lot that I knew before, but now I discovered them. Love doesn't hurt. Need hurts. My love for Linda, that the pain I was in, had nothing to do with my love for Linda. Frightened parts of my personality wanted the world to be different, demanded that the world be different than it, than it was, demanded that Linda be in it, that we cuddle, that we hold hands, that we walk together, that we co-create together, and she wasn't in the world. But I was speaking to her, and missing her, that went on. And I'm saying this, sharing this, because just knowing something, as well as I know what I'm sharing with you, which is with all my heart, with all my life, does not change the existence of frightened parts of my personality or yours when you do this process with you. Only you can do that. And so along the way, I've had advice from our teachers, advice like, uh, allow your countless memories of Linda to guide you gently toward or lovingly toward gratitude. And that helped me. I did that. I set that intention because I had countless memories. We lived together for 27, 30 years. Everything had to do with Linda and every memory before that was a doorway into pain. And now I've set the intention to use every memory as a doorway into gratitude. This is one of the countless things that happened to me, but I am appreciating your question. Even though we know these things, even though you know your soul, even though you know that the one that you loved didn't leave, they, they, they're in a, I won't even say place, they're in a different state than the one you're in. Call it a realm, but they're there. They're, Linda's incarnation is gone. I loved it completely. I loved everything about it, but it's gone. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust, and it's not coming back. But Linda's energy, her love, her voice, are real and I talk I'm talking to it and missing her during that year so be gentle with yourself that's where this is going be gentle with yourself don't think that because you know something is going to change your emotions you have loving and frightened parts in your job your mission in the earth school this place of time space matter duality and fear is to Distinguish within yourself the difference between love and fear and cultivate love. Choose love no matter what is happening inside of you, whether it's depression, hopelessness, wanting to kill yourself, resentment, or what is happening outside of you, like Lahaina burning, like another 9-11 type event. No matter what's happening inside of you or outside of you, learn to choose love. That's the creation of authentic power. That's what the seed of the soul is about. That's what everything that Linda and I teach and share is about. And we didn't create this, by the way. We were given it. These ideas, these 
remarkably resonant and powerful ideas are not mine, and they're not Linda's. They come to both of us from the universe, and that's what I love to share, and that's what I'm sharing now. And Gary, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Seatsofthesoul.com. Gary, thank you so much for joining us. We haven't even touched the surface of all the things that I would like to discuss with you, so we are definitely going to have you come back. I'm looking forward to it, Joan. I enjoy our talks. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalize actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. When you're having a conversation in relationship and it's somewhat controversial, you probably want to be heard and be right. Quite often that's what we want. And so we're maybe a little defensive, but is that right? Or do we want a result? The result being we'd like to get along. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, Quality for Life Coaching. And they are two different things, getting along versus being heard and being right. See, because being heard and right is our defense, then that connects to our ego. But ego's not really going to get you that far. If you want a result, then you're going to want to work with humility and truth. So if you've got a difference of opinion, I mean, for me, I'll quickly look for a reason to say I'm sorry. And it has to be true. If I don't know what I've done yet, then I will say, I'm sorry you're hurting. I've done something wrong here because you're hurting. But let's talk further so we can figure this out. And you don't want to talk at someone by saying you this and you that because people just shut their ears. You want to use words like we and use words like experience. I'm having this experience. I know your experience is different. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just different experiences going on here. So we just need to talk it through and land somewhere that feels really good for both of us. So you want to do a lot of that non-heated conversation so that you can both feel good, but nobody is charging at another person. It's not being heard and right. It's just working toward the positive result. Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. I'd love to talk to you, help you in any way I might be able to. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Clutter and disorganization is a big problem. We are a society of stuff. And it's very easy to feel overwhelmed by the piles that surround us. Joining us today to talk about how we can get organized is Gail Gruenberg, a certified professional organizer and founder of Let's Get Organized. Gail is the author of the new book, Get the Big O, Organized. Welcome, Gail. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Joan. Gail, it's been reported that many people have a problem with clutter. How does an accumulation of material possessions impact someone's daily life? Well, I see it as threefold. It impacts someone's home, head, and heart. Uh, At home, it's your physical space. You know, there's your safety. If you can't use rooms for their intended purpose, people don't know what they have, so they go out and buy more. And it takes a lot of time, energy, and money to acquire, store, and manage stuff. For the head, it affects people intellectually and psychologically. There's brain fog. It can be hard to make decisions. And people do tend to live with some self-recrimination. As far as their hearts, 
it affects them emotionally and spiritually. Some people will acquire and keep their possessions to fill a void. And then they have this feeling of overwhelm, feeling of being out of control. They're disconnected from others. Their relationships suffer. And they're also disconnected from their higher power. Since this is something that impacts so many of us to some degree or another, how can we tell if it's a serious problem? Well, it has to come from the inside. Uh, if someone is, is thinking of themselves in oneself, it can be very subjective. If the disorganization and clutter is not bothering someone, then there's no problem. If it is bothering them, then some aspect of their life isn't working because of the disorganization and clutter. So it's hard to see in someone else actually, if they are struggling with disorganization, because they're not likely to self-disclose. There's a lot of shame around it. People feel that they should be able to do it themselves, and they feel like there's something wrong with them. Are there certain brain-based conditions that are most impacted by clutter or disorganization? I would actually say that it's sort of the other way around. I work with clients who live with chronic disorganization, meaning that the clutter and disorganization affect them on a daily basis, it negatively impacts them. And multiple brain-based conditions can contribute to this disorganization, such as ADHD, anxiety disorders like OCD, depression, traumatic brain injury, and then physical challenges as well, such as sensory impairment, injury, or mobility challenges. You know, it's interesting, Gail, as I'm getting older, I notice that if I have clutter around me, if, if things aren't really organized, I almost feel nervous in my body. I get jittery. Yes, it definitely affects our physical being. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. They don't think about that. That's true. In fact, um, sometimes the, the possessions around us have a bit of an energy and we can, in fact, absorb that through our bodies. And sometimes it can feel like we're having a, a panic attack, like racing brain and shortness of breath. And it definitely Im impacts the way somebody thinks and feels. You take a different approach to your work. A, a lot of what you do revolves around self-care. Why do you believe that organization is an act of self-care? Oh, absolutely. Um, without doing some of the internal work first, it's really difficult to organize anything uh, without knowing what's, what's really at the heart of the desire to get organized. It, it's not usually just for the sake of being organized. There's usually a much bigger why. And I talk about organizing to one's core values, uh, identifying what's most important to someone and living life accordingly, setting boundaries, especially because if you, you know, you stop something at the door, then you're not bringing in that clutter or other, you know, negative energy uh, into your home or your, your, workspace. Um, you want to honor the people who are closest to you. It makes it so much easier to make decisions when you're aligned with your core values, because you can say, you know, no, I don't need this particular item. I don't want to spend my time this way. I don't want to spend my money this way. I don't need to acquire something that doesn't align with my core values. And then your systems will stick so much more easily. Um, and it's also, as we said, you know, that the health benefits of being organized are myriad. Gail, will you share with us one of your favorite organizing strategies? Well, I have two techniques that I absolutely adore. One is called body doubling. And it's basically just being there with someone, holding the space for them, being what we call in organizing an anchor and a mirror to help, uh, in my case, a client to get the job done. 
sometimes as an organizer, of course, we jump in and we, we do things with our clients, but sometimes a client will just need someone to be there to make it fun and social and not lonely. And the body double will also witness the emotions that bubble up as a client is going through their stuff, making decisions, feeling the, the emotions that, that are imbued in their items and maybe re-experiencing certain past actions in their lives, decisions they've made, personalities they've held. And, and we normalize what those feelings are and sort of give them a, a bit of a blessing way between where they are now and where they want to be. And a more concrete technique that I really like is color coding because it, it's so much easier to identify a category that something belongs in when you can see it by color. It saves time looking for things and putting things away and it can make a boring and menial task a little more appealing. Yeah, what do you hope readers take away from your book? I hope that readers will feel seen, heard, loved, supported, understood, appreciated, and also that they will identify what's really good in them and know that they are people of, of great worth. They might have been shamed quite a bit in their past for being disorganized or not being able to do XYZ related to organizing. But that doesn't make them a horrible person. Um, I, I'm seeing that many, many people beat themselves up mercilessly for not being able to organize. But it's a skill just like any other. And it can be learned. And you can always get help if you need it. And once again, the book is Get the Big O Organized. Yeah, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? You can go to my website, which is lgorganized.com. Gail, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications.